Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. At the risk of sounding like an old man, I can say that my perspective on things has changed some as I've gotten older. When I was younger, I did not appreciate some things as much as I do now. I think some of this started to hit me about the time I I turned 40. (laughs) That was about the time that it was getting a lot harder to just pick things up or go camping or hiking and and you know maybe take a week-long fly fishing and whitewater uh, float down the river <laughs> when i was younger i would throw a sleeping bag over the top of a picnic table and 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 sleep out under the stars today i own a travel trailer with two two thick layers of foam for the bed a stove a heater AC, freeze, refrigerator, freezer, microwave, and TV. I mean, it's quite different. Another thing that I started to notice is that I could not see as well as I used to. <laughs> I, I not only have contacts to help me see, but I have to wear reading glasses on top of the contacts. <laughs> when you're young, you just take for granted that you can go do things and see and hear things that when you get older, you discover you took these things for granted. I think a lot of people in this country take the freedoms that we have and the blessings that we have been given for granted. But we have not just been handed these things from God on a platter. Our blessings and freedoms have required a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And and especially blood. But many take take this for granted and, and look upon this country with disdain in some cases. Things are not exactly as they would like them to be here. And, and, and so they overlook all the good things that America represents and all the sacrifice that has taken place to have it. They take this country and those that have sacrifice their lives for granted and and may one day miss it if it's ever gone uh, from a from an article from the daily wire tim meads uh, tells us of one such individual san francisco giants manager gabe kapler uh, told reporters prior to his team's friday night game against the cincinnati reds that he will not be taking the field for the national anthem and will not be doing so until he feels better about the direction of the country in the wake of the school shootings that we've seen that have occurred earlier this week. Journalist Andrew Bagley tweeted, quote, Gabe Kapler told reporters in Cincinnati that he doesn't plan to on coming out of the for the national anthem, and that will be his plan going forward until, quote, I feel better about the direction of the country, unquote. Kapler, who has been the Giants manager since 2019, also published an online essay explaining his decision Friday afternoon. Quote, when I was the same age as the children in um, Uvalde, my father taught me to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance 
when I believed my country was representing its people well, or to protect or to a protest and stay seated when it wasn't, Kepler explained. I don't believe it is representing us well right now. On Tuesday, a gunman killed 19 uh, children and two adults in Texas at Robb Elementary School, as we have obviously um, been talking about here on the podcast. Now, Kepler noted that he wanted to protest the anthem on Wednesday evening, but didn't. Quote, on Wednesday, I, w- I walked out onto the field. I listened to the announcements uh, as we honored the victims, um, and I bowed my head. I stood for the national anthem. Metallica riffed on City uh, Connect gu- uh, guitars, he explained, and my brain said dropped uh, to a knee. My body didn't listen, Kepler continued. I wanted to walk back inside. Instead, I froze. I felt like a, a coward. I didn't want to call attention to myself. I I didn't want to take away from the victims or their families. There was a baseball game, a rock band, the lights, the pageantry. I knew that thousands of people were using this game to escape the horrors of the world for just a little bit. I knew that thousands more wouldn't understand the gesture and would take it as an offense to the military, to veterans, and to themselves. Kepler also blasted elected leaders in his essay, writing that he is often struck before our games by the lack of delivery of the promise of what our nation uh, national anthem represents. The former Red Sox player um, opined that Americans, quote, stand in honor of a country where we elect representatives to serve us, to, you know, th- uh, thoughtfully consider and enact legislation that protects the interests of all the people in this country and to move this country forward towards the vision of the shining city on the hill. But instead, he continues, we thoughtlessly link our moment of silence and grief with the equally thoughtless display of celebration for a country that refuses to take up the concept of controlling the sale of weapons used nearly exclusively for the mass slaughter of human beings, Kepler continued. We have our moments, he said, over and over. And then we move on without demanding real change from the people we empower to make these changes. We stand, we bow our heads, and the people in the, in power leave on recess, celebrating their own patriotism at every turn. Every time I place my hand over my heart and remove my hat, he says, I'm preparing uh I'm I'm participating in a self-congratulatory glorification of the only country where these mass shootings take place, he added. Kapler also tweeted, We're not the land of the free, nor the home of the brave right now. Let me repeat that again. He tweeted, We're not the land of the free, nor the home of the brave right now. This is a man that makes over $1 million a year coaching people to play a game. Now, today is Memorial Day, but what does that mean? 
Well, from History.com, Memorial Day is an American holiday observed on the last Monday of May, honoring the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. Originally known as uh, Declaration Day, it originated in the years following the Civil War, believe it or not, and became an official federal holiday in 1971. Many Americans observe Memorial Day by visiting cemeteries or uh, memorials, holding family gatherings, and, and participating in parades. Unofficially, it marks the beginning of the summer season. <laughs> Maybe it's one of the reasons it's a little more popular. The Civil War, which ended in the spring of 1865, claimed more lives than any conflict in U.S. history required the establishment of the country's first national cemeteries. By the late 1860s, Americans in various towns and cities had begun holding springtime tributes to these countless fallen soldiers, decorating their graves with flowers and uh, reciting prayers. Did you know that each year on Memorial Day, a national moment of remembrance takes place at 3 p.m. local time? It is unclear where exactly this tradition originated, actually. Numerous different communities may have independently initiated the memorial gatherings, and and some records show that one of the earliest Memorial Day uh, commemorations was organized by a group of formerly enslaved people in Charleston, South Carolina, less than a month after the Confederacy surrendered in 1865. Nevertheless, in 1966, the federal government declared Waterloo, New York, the official birthplace of Memorial Day. Waterloo, which first celebrates the day on uh, May 5th, 1866, was chosen because it hosted an annual community-wide event during that during which businesses closed and residences decorated the graves of soldiers with flowers and flags. So, Decoration Day uh, on May 5th, 1868, General John A. Logan, leader of an organization for Northern Civil War veterans, called for a nationwide day of remembrance later that month. The 30th of May, 1868, is designated for the... The purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of our country during the late rebellion and whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet, churchyard in the land, he proclaimed. The day of declaration, uh, or decoration day, as, as he called it, uh, was chosen because it wasn't the anniversary of any particular battle, which is kind of nice. On the first Declaration Day, General James Garfield made a speech at Arlington National Cemetery, and 5,000 participants decorated the graves of the 20,000 Civil War uh, soldiers buried there. Many northern states held similar commemorative events and reprised the, the tradition in subsequent years. Then by 1890, each one had made Declaration Day an official state holiday. Southern states, on the other hand, contributed, uh, continued to honor the dead on separate days until World War One. Memorial Day and Declaration Day, uh, as Declaration Day, uh, um, it gradually became to be known originally um, honored only those uh, lost uh, while fighting the, the Civil War. But during World War I, 
the United States found itself embroiled in another major conflict. And the and the holiday evolved into commemorate American military personnel who died in all wars, including World War II and Vietnam, the Vietnam War, the Korean War, and, and the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. For decades, Military Day uh, continued to be observed on May 30th, the date that General Logan had selected for the Decoration Day. But in 1968, Congress passed the Uniform Monday Holiday Act, which established Memorial Day as the last Monday in May in order to create a three-day weekend for federal employees. The change went into effect in 1971, and the same law also declared Memorial Day as a federal holiday. Cities and towns across the United States uh, host Memorial Day parades each year, often incorporating military personnel and members of, of veteran organizations. Some of the largest parades take place in Chicago, New York, and in Washington, D.C. Americans also observe Memorial Day by visiting cemeteries and, and memorials. Some, some people wear a red poppy in remembrance of the fallen in war. That was actually something new that I uh, did not even know about until I did a little bit of research. Um, this tradition uh, began with a World War I poem, I guess. So if you see the red poppy, you now you know what it means. Uh, on a less somber note, uh, many people take weekend trips or throw parties and barbecues on the holiday, perhaps because Memorial Day weekend, the long weekend compromising Saturday, Sunday before Memorial Day and Memorial Day itself, unofficially makes the beginning of summer. And from military.com, they said, given the deep implications of Memorial Day, the questions arise. Do we observe Memorial Day or do we celebrate it? It's not a simple question of, of semantics, but words have meaning. And this meaning is attached to the subject of how it is used. We celebrate St. Patrick's Day and Halloween and Cinco de Mayo, but is it appropriate to celebrate an occasion marking the deaths of more than 1.3 million Americans dating back to the Revolutionary War? Consider how these men and women died. Some suffered agonizing deaths on the field of, of battle and, and or captivity. The, 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 the luckier ones died instantly, never really feeling or knowing that death had come upon them. Many others died of disease, infection, or for other reasons. During the Civil War, more men died of non-combat causes than those killed by an enemy. It's impossible to celebrate this level of suffering. Many of those who participate in Memorial Day ceremonies do so because a loved one was killed in, in service to the nation. It may be a parent or a spouse who died, uh, one whose absence still brings tremendous lingering pain to the survivors. Others gather to remember uh, an, an ancestor who died many years ago, trying in their own way to keep alive the memory of that service. Some frame their remembrance in terms of noble service. Some see their, their loved one's death as a, as a waste, a life lost in the miscalculated cause. It is right to celebrate any of this. Is it right? Looking past the tears 
and bowed heads and folded hands that mark Memorial Day, can we see something else? An idea? The idea of America is arguably the most significant in human history. It is an idea spawned by a small group of people who took great risk three centuries ago to begin a new experimental life individually and collectively. For all our flaws, past and present, the United States remains the greatest, most prosperous, most egalitarian civic exercise ever undertaken. This is something worth celebrating. It is the reason so many Americans have fought and died. And we have understood this throughout our history. From Thomas Jefferson, writing that the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. To Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, reminding us that we will, quote, find the cost of freedom buried in the ground. The notion of brave people willing to fight and die for the idea of America is part of our national DNA. We do not celebrate the death of the Marine in Fallujah, the, the, the ranger in Omaha Beach, the, the sailor at Pearl Harbor, or the, the pilot over the jungles of Vietnam. We, we commemorate their deaths. But we can also celebrate the reasons they fought and died. They did their best as God gave them vision to, to, to preserve for us and, and bring to others the blessings of liberty. Is there any virtue greater than this worth celebrating? We cannot and ought not separate mourning from Memorial Day. To do so would betray those who died for America. But we can leave in the, our, our grief with a celebration of why these patriots gave their lives. Yes, it's true. And as Jeremy Adams of the Daily Wire puts it, we memorialize our heroes not to lionize the fallen, but to remind ourselves that self-government, inalienable rights, and the, the American way of life require constant vigilance and renewal. We live in a time that has forgotten the growing good of the world, is half owing to the number who whose lives faithfully a, a hidden life and rest in unmarked tombs. While recovering from from soldier surgery. Uh, this particular writer, Jeremy Adams, uh, he had soldier surgery uh, just, just a, a few weeks ago. And he, he decided to re-watch one of his favorite television series of all time, the HBO's Band of Brothers. And I may say, if you have not seen this set uh, of... of uh, it's, it's a miniseries. Uh, it, and they're, they're about an hour long. I believe there's 10 of them and they are definitely worth watching. If you have not seen them or if even if you have, I own them. Um, and I, and I watch them from time to time. I even took a, a world war II veteran, uh, through them and I had him watch each one and then recorded his, his reactions after each one. And it was, uh, quite powerful. 
and and he and Jeremy in this case he says, as in as is the case with all powerful pieces of art and literature, the series left a different impression the second time around. It is difficult to process the fact that when it premiered on September 9th of 2001, the world was two days away from entering a new chapter of geopolitical struggle and strife. It is disorienting to realize most Americans watching the first episode had never heard of Osama bin Laden, Al-Qaeda, or the Taliban when it aired on September on a September Sunday evening in early 2001. This was also the first time I watched the series in the wake of the 1619 Project, he said. The elevation of critical race theory out of niche university seminars and into the broader political culture and transmigrating of Colin's Ka- Colin Kaepernick from NFL stardom to leftist icon. Whatever else one thinks of these developments of the left, they have certainly yielded more self-flagellation from the body politic in the past few years than self-reflection, especially for the young. Which brings us to the meaning of Memorial Day. For those of us safely anchored into a serene life of peace and ordinary aspirations, who sleep in warm beds without worry of nourishment or substance, uh, substance, those uh, whose worries and anxieties rarely swivel around issues of life and death or liberation and enslavement, comprehending the, 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 uh, the, the, the sacrifice, the, the total sacrifice of those who fought and died in order to perpetu- perpetuate the highest principles of American civilization is an almost impossible task. In the final episode of Band of Brothers, there is an extraordinary scene that encapsulates this generational chasm between those who fought for freedom and those who merely struggle today. The soldier's words, as he considered explaining his experiences in the war to family and friends back home, are haunting. He says this, he says, quote, back, back home in Virginia. Well, I just don't rightly know how I'm going to explain all of this. You see, I've, I've seen, I've seen, but trying to explain all of this is exactly what we must do on this Memorial Day, especially in a time when our problem is not that we have forgotten the uniqueness of the American experiment or the justness of our national cause, but that too many modern Americans frankly never understood it in the first place. The average young American today knows more vogue tropes about privilege and oppression than they do miracles at Philadelphia. How about the Gettysburg or the the human slaughter on the beaches of Normandy? In 1838, Abraham Lincoln was only 28 years old, but was already wise to observe, as he did in his much underappreciated address, that the greatest danger to American political institutions 
and principles would not come from a foreign nemesis or invading army. Civic decay, he warned, would come from within. And decay it, it has been. And a, a, a 2014 survey revealed only one in three Americans were able to name all of the branches of government. And it is disturbing that few Americans have ever heard of George Marshall or Henry Clay. It is even more disturbing that bright 15-year-olds have never heard of Harry Truman and struggle to answer what country America declared its independence from. Instead, much of social science education day is oriented around critical thinking skills instead of deep knowledge about the origins and the development of American policy itself. As Americans have abandoned this, the, the space of the pew and served the ties of community, politics has assumed a mantle of personal meaning it has never intended to carry. Politics has become the arena of culture wars and culture warriors, political gladiators, and, and, and just petty provocateurs. We have poisoned ourselves in part because we have no idea who we the people were intended to be. And so we memorialize sacrifice not merely to elevate those who have fallen. We venerate not as proof of our own national greatness. No, we honor, celebrate, and remember in our own time so that we may understand how just nations nobly renew themselves and the precious inheritance we have have done so little to earn. We seek to deeply, authentically, and passionately grasp that human justice is more of a an artifice and, and, a, and a cultural construct, more than the, the institutional of whimsical policies, more than exercising liberty without hopes uh, or fears of condemnation. We memorialize to remember ourselves of Walt Whitman's truest and most patriotic words, quote, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse, unquote. We celebrate the fallen because President Reagan was right. We must try to honor them, not for their sakes alone, but for our own. There is a raw and, I believe, powerful desire on the part of many citizens today to become a more serious people. Our soldiers lived and died because they were engaged in the most serious statecraft of all, the, the preservation of the democratic way of life. Perils summoned and gave voice to this spirit of democratic renewal in the in the, the funeral orientation, Lincoln did the same at Gettysburg. FDR's third inaugural address is an impassioned defense of democracy and its superiority against the rising tide of fascism. If our heroes and these speeches seem distant to us today, it is because we have become an unserious people. If our If their sacrifices seem to emanate from a form of intense patriotism, that seems untenable to us today. It is because we have become a people willing toward only 
frivolous conversation and thought. If we listen to their words and study their agonies, and the first thought we have is how we have found a way to avoid Normandy, the, the Marne, uh, or, or, or the, the Patchon, it is because we have become a apathetic people. We have a choice. Basketball Rick Pitino, the uh, basketball coach Rick Pitino, in a, a famous fit of, of frustration, famously observed, quote, Larry Bird is not walking through that door. Neither is Thomas Jefferson, Frederick Douglass, or Ronald Reagan. The renewal of our way of life is upon us. Memori- uh, mem- uh, memorializing those who successfully carried the torch of human freedom in their own time is ne- is a necessary first step. And, and and that's a very good question. I I I hope the answer to what will it take, the question of what will it take, I hope the answer to that is yes. I know for me and my house, it is. And I will say that on this Memorial Day, that we will take time and we will understand exactly what we're doing. And we will understand exactly why we are both celebrating and memorializing this very day. And those very people who gave their lives. We're observing and celebrating both. And I wish you a very merry Memorial Day. No. But a day in which we can observe and we can celebrate those that have given it all for the way that we live and the country that we have. You may agree with that. You may disagree with that. Would definitely love to hear from you. Let's do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.